Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to The Wind Down. Um, live stream today, so it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to have a, a bunch of different things going on today. But um, as normal, um, I'm joined today by um, Scott Atkinson. Let's say hello to Scott. Hi, Nick. Hey, Scott. How are you going? Okay. You always said we'd finish to, uh, to live stream something. So, uh, we, we, we did, despite your trepidation. So <laughs> that's superb. So... So this is going to be a little bit different, but before we start, um, where are we and what are we drinking? So today in the, in the lovely rain outside, we've decided, especially if the camera is set up, to start doing the live stream from uh, the, the, one of the back rooms of our office. Uh, so that's a, that's a good start because it gives us a bit of control over a few things. But uh, the, the wine today, yes, uh, looks something different. We've been, um, we've been playing around with, uh, with some heavier reds from the Barossa in the last few weeks or probably the last, quite, a, quite a few weeks now. And here's something different, though. Here's, this is a medium-bodied red from up in the Hunter. So you can grab the bottle and show oh, people actually, today. That's, that's lovely. Look, cameras now. <laughs> Look at this. This is uh, so. This is called Pepper Tree. It's actually a limited uh, limited edition uh, Shiraz. Although I tend to think all wine is sort of limited edition because it then runs out and you go into the next year. But anyway, interesting piece of marketing. I have to remember that. Um, this is a 2013 Shiraz. Um, they do actually have a few. Uh, varieties in their ranges um, they do tend to creep up a little bit in in price and offering although this is this is fairly towards the the sort of bottom of the range and i actually think it's actually better than some of the more advanced ones so uh yes awesome thank you scott so so first time live streaming the podcast which means yes. a bunch of people will see this for the first time on youtube and on linkedin and on twitter and on facebook which is all brand new and very oh, exciting and let's let's hope they come back absolutely so if this is the first time you've seen this podcast you can subscribe to it if you look below where we're talking now you'll be able to see a link to subscribe and do put in any comments we will read them and we will talk about subjects that interest you but today we're going to be talking about the cost of it how much does it cost scott why would we care about the cost of it well, I mean, and this is, it's an interesting question. I mean, I would love the cost of IT to be enormous so that everyone would, of course, give us lots of money and we'd be able to buy a little island somewhere to retire. Um, but, but look, in, in reality, we're, we're focused on providing value back in, into businesses and making sure that we're, we're helping. Um, there's actually a very real indicator in how much you're paying for IT uh, as to how well you're going and how well you're able to utilise technology to improve your business. Cool. So, so what what should that be? And I, I assume it's important to have a financial understanding. But let's 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 get down to brass tacks right at the beginning because I, I love to put you on the spot. What should IT cost as a percentage of your revenue? And just and one look, one of the things you mentioned there, a financial understanding. This is key to be able to achieve value out of IT in business. The the IT departments of the of the past have been very focused around. Oh, look, new toy, shiny. We can make this go faster. We can do that without too much of a focus on the cost involved um, and this is where having um, sort of criteria around where your budget should be how much can you really get for that looking at it from the other direction so let's have a look um, Deloitte did a study uh, and 
sort of a few years ago now, which is still, it's been pretty consistent with the results. And they're saying it varies roughly between about 1.5% to 7.5% of revenue. So 1.5% to 7.5% of revenue. So if I'm earning a million dollars, it should be between, you know, one and a half to seven percent of that, which I can't do in my head because we're drinking fi- wine. About fifteen thousand to seventy-five thousand dollars, yes, per uh, million. I think that's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> um, now it, it depends, and this is this is uh, that is quite a, a wide range. And you think, oh well, of course I'd like to be one and a half percent. It's one and a half percent for industries like construction. Um, it's a little bit higher for manufacturing, where your your core good um, is really a, a physical product. So like if you go and build a building, uh, there's a lot more value tied up in the cost of the building than there is in what your IT is. But if you're building, for example, software or something like that, uh, or if you're a bank and part of your business model is really using technology to produce what you do, uh, then clearly you're going to be spending more on IT to be able to produce the output you need. Okay, so we, we've sliced and diced it by you know, what what vertical you're in, right? You're in finance, construction, manufacturing, etc. What about size of business? If I'm a large business or I'm a small business, what, what, does, does that have any effect? It, look, it, it does, and this is where it works both for you and against you. Uh, larger businesses uh, get better economies of scale, so some of the things that they're able to uh, achieve, they can sort of look in every thousand users I'm able to do this or every every 5,000 or 10,000 volumes I know I can buy in that lot and sort of get cheaper pricing therefore I'm getting a better result and they perhaps have uh, more funds to spend on automation which may not be viable in smaller businesses so in that respect we say smaller businesses yeah maybe they, they, it, it costs a bit more uh, it can cost less as well if your business model is very simple and this is where there's a bit of variation but you shouldn't try to make your golden life to spend the least amount possible in IT. That sounds a little bit self-serving, I, I, I know, um, but uh, yes. Okay, so I've got that. So it's different between, depending on your vertical, it's different depending yes. on your horizontal, i.e. what kind of skies you are. So you've got this matrix of expenditure. But how we understand a little bit, I know you've, you've done a lot of analysis around why different organisations cost and don't cost more. Yes. I kind of can get in my head that an accounting firm or a bank spends more on IT than, than uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think, than a, a construction firm where everybody's out there doing construction. And I kind of get it at a gut point of view. Can you give me some examples as to you know why that's different, Scott? Yeah, so let's have a look. Let's say... Um uh, and look, when we talk about small and medium-sized businesses, uh, the, the stats that we use are for businesses up to about 50 million in revenue. Um, now, a lot of this data does come out of the US or out of global stats, and sometimes it, it is hard to apply it directly into Australia, uh, just because of the the smaller population, the smaller uh, size of thing here. But um, look, it's um, it, it's not far off though. Is what we generally find, and that whole small to medium business um, element. Uh, Average of about six point nine percent is what we're seeing. And this is, this is where. Okay, that's all right. You yeah. can you can interrupt me as much as you want, Scott. It's your podcast, not mine. Um, but let's let's delve in a, a little bit of, of that into a bit more depth. Okay. I want to understand. 
you know, where this cost is coming from. I get there's kind of a cost of keeping the lights on and keeping everything alive and keeping you know, everything running. But what about the cost of special projects? You know, if I want to implement a new system, if I'm in manufacturing, I want to put in an ERP. If I'm a finance, I want to put in a new CRM. What does that kind of look like? Yeah, and, and, and this, this is important because when we talk about average costings, uh, it's actually based upon normal business operation. What you'd expect to provide PCs, uh, the software running on it, the support factor, um, all your network infrastructure uh, and standard applications that are running. If you're going to have one-off projects that, let's say we're going to go and revolutionise the way this part of the business works or implement a new CRM in order to achieve certain business outcomes, uh, that's outside of these numbers. And you need to look at that as a one-off specific cost to the business that it needs to justify itself on its own ground. Okay, so I can do a business case for one-off projects. Yes. Um, I have my, what we call business as usual costs to keep the lights on. And it's between one and a half and seven and a half percent-ish is kind of the number. What if I'm spending less? So look, it, you can spend less. It, it's In fact, it's very easy to, for example, look at the following year and say, I'm not going to spend anything. I'm just going to use whatever I've got. And look, you can, you can get by with that for a short period of time. The problem becomes it's not sustainable and the longer you go down that path, the only people you're actually helping are your competitors. Okay, now let's get a bit anecdotal because we've been a bit factual up to now. I know, and I've seen you do it, you walk into an organisation and you can say, aha, they're under-investing in IT and you can almost see it in a heartbeat. Yes. What are those things that give you that kind of, that kind of pointer that that's what's going yeah, on? The, Okay, so there's, there's some very early visual uh, indicators. Uh, when you go and see very large computers sitting on desks, uh, when you see floppy drives in PCs, uh, when you look at um, servers that may not be virtualized, just sitting in, in racks or lack of racks where you're just sitting stuff on cupboards and on shelves, uh, when you've got old network switches that are 10 years old and, yeah, they work, but... Yeah, when you actually go and investigate things, you find out, well, there's actually lots of errors uh, on the network or they're running at a slow speed or there's been problems for quite a while. Um, yeah, so I might add a couple of things because I reckon I've seen some too. Any, any business that's running Windows Home Edition is yes. normally one. Anywhere you see a consumer-grade router or switch yes. is another one. Um, anywhere where instead of a, a properly... Um, built multifunction device. Everybody's got little inkjet printers on their desk. That could, that could be a, another another inkling. And anywhere where the Wi-Fi is rubbish. Yes, or their consumer grade Wi-Fi, or you find that the devices have been purchased down at JB Hi-Fi and put in, and they've all got default passwords. And it's technically yes, things do work, but you look at how well do they work, how much risk is involved, and then you look at a, a well-performing business that's doing things properly. Yes, it may cost a little bit more, but the advantages and the effort uh, that they're spending, or I suppose lack of effort that they're spending on maintaining their IT, uh, it really shows. So this podcast, we're talking about the cost of IT, right? So it's yeah. a little hard because we, we don't get to talk about benefit at all. Yeah. We just talk about cost. But there is, there is obviously, we wouldn't be doing any of this if there wasn't a business benefit. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to yeah. let that disappear. Every, everything has to come down to a business benefit. There's, there's no question about that otherwise you're just doing things for the sake of doing things which means you're probably just losing money 
Okay, so talking about doing things for the sake of doing things. Yes. What if I'm what if I'm spending 10, 15, 20% of revenue on IT? What does that kind of mean? And I know businesses don't normally, you know, you look at net profit, you know, 30% net profit's super healthy. Yes. Um, we're just starting to really eat into that if we've got high levels of expenditure on IT. So what if I'm spending more? So here's, here's the thing. It usually means someone in the IT department's having a really good time. Uh, it's, it's hard to see how you would deliver true business value. Um, look, take, take the one-off projects aside for, for a minute because in a specific year they may boost the, the budget up, up, a, um, up a bit. But if your general operational budget is higher or significantly higher than where the industry averages are, you'd better be aware of that and know that, yes, that's correct because we are delivering this specific thing that's part of our intellectual property or we, are, we know we're twice as efficient as everybody else in the industry so that's why our costs in that area are higher. But we know that because we're so much more efficient that we're able to get more revenue or we're able to maintain more profitability or something. But if you're not seeing the financial results on the bottom line and your IT costs are significantly higher than where your industry averages are, you're probably not doing it very well at all. Okay, cool. Got it. So it's about tying your business value to your cost and your expenditure. And that's kind of how it works. But today, you know, I, I know in the old days, um, most organizations, they've had their own IT team or their own IT person. They'd have their own servers probably sitting in a cupboard somewhere if they're a smaller business, maybe a data center. They, they ran the whole lot themselves and they developed yes. and implemented their, their own software. But we've moved on. We're now in a world of managed services, right? So we've yes. gone past buying things from resellers and we've gone into this world of the, the managed service. Before we talk about cost, because I know we're all about cost today, <laughs> but before we talk about cost, Scott, what's a managed service? <laughs> okay. Look, managed services are a way of achieving um, a set outcome, such as in the case of IT, all of your network infrastructure, all of your PCs, your servers, your backups, your security, everything generally rolled into one set cost per month, normally it's a per user per month sort of cost, or it might be a fixed cost per month for the business. Uh, it's a way of saying, I know that IT is not the core reason my business exists. I'm here to manufacture this or build this or produce this or whatever, but I know I need IT. I don't want to be spending unnecessary time in the IT area just knowing that I'm, I'm trying to do backups myself or trying to maintain PCs myself or something. My time is better spent on what my true value proposition is, being whatever my business is really there for. I know it's not there to play with IT. So I either go and hire someone to do that for me, hire, hire an internal staff person or an internal team, and there's benefits for that depending on how specialised your requirements are. Uh, but otherwise, if your business is just using the same sorts of applications and PCs as everyone else is, and you know you need the same sorts of internet and requirements and firewall and security, and you need Wi-Fi, and that's table stakes these days. That is available very consistently as a managed service in the industry. And it's quite, it's quite cost-effective too. Okay, so managed services, they exist for organisations that aren't IT-specific, somebody yes. who does something else. Um, to have their IT run for them. So, so you know, we, we hear the word bandied around a lot, the quote-unquote, the outsource. It's not quite outsourcing, is it? No, look, outsourcing got a bad name for itself in the past. 
uh, where the, the same concept existed of, hey, look, give us all of your IT, we'll make it work for you, you go and focus on what your business is. But what, what actually happened was the, uh, the general outsource contracts would say, okay, I will, I'll provide all of your IT for you, all of your existing IT assets that you've got, I will buy those off you. Like here is a check for millions and millions of dollars as it usually is to sell me all of your PCs, all of your servers, all your everything else and whatever. Uh, and then every time you need a new one, we will do it for a little small incremental cost. Okay, so so quite different because yeah, you might pay a managed service, it, the, the technology might be part of that, but you're not turning around and buying technology to make that happen in a managed service, like like the, no. the ones Tribe Tech delivers, it, right? It, that's right, and the, the issue with the outsourcing uh, model uh, was that the pricing got so low that there was no requirement or there's no incentive to go and replace a five-year-old PC, for example. So it's a computer and you would say, oh, well, hang on, this is getting too old to perform this function. And your outsourcer at the time would say, well, we understand, but this is what's in the contract for five years. If you want to change that, that's okay. Here is a change request. Oh, by the way, it's going to cost blah, 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 blah to do it. And everything became an extra cost in order to actually make some money out of the contracts. Very smart. If you're an outsourcer, not so good if you're the client, right? No, it, 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 look, it was good for the first couple of years because most clients had stuff that generally worked okay. But then you found that after time, the outsourcers actually had to let the, equip, uh, the equipment run to the end of the contract term in order to, um, to be viable. So it didn't generally work out. And that's why it's not great or well-respected, I suppose, in the industry today. Okay, so we've moved from outsourcing to managed services. We know we want to be spending between, you know, 1.5% and seven, you, I say seven and a half, you say seven, you know, let's call the whole thing off. Okay. Um, <laughs> percent of your revenue. I'm sure we can work out something. I'm, I'm sure it'll be fine. What's, what's half a percent among friends? Um, but realistically, let's, let's boil it down to, you know, you know, I've seen managed services priced in a number of different ways, but normally it ends up being by staff count or, or user as, it, as it's called. What's the kind of cost today that I should be paying to get a grown up professional managed service on a per user basis, Scott? What does that look like? Okay, so look, it, it depends a little bit and that's always an, an easy answer, but we say that roughly around $250 per person per month covers most things. Now, you've got to be a little bit careful here because some organisations will have special software requirements or some organisations will say, you know, we have these very expensive licensing requirements because of a specific app our industry uses or something like that, and that's part of our core business value proposition. So, okay, you, you've, you've got to say that sort of adds a little bit to it. But for general IT, and you're talking like Office 365, standard applications for your IT support, your infrastructure, your networking, your firewalls, your Wi-Fi, and your server side, and that sort of thing, um, including voice in some cases, you can normally fit that in quite comfortably within around $250 a month. So 250, oh, uh, 250 to $300 a month is kind of the managed service number, Scott. That's, that's generally what it all adds up to. Now, you can, you can be a bit more efficient than that, and it depends on the environment, and, but I don't want to set expectations too low. Uh, some people have worked out models that says, oh, I'm going to charge you less per user, but I'm also going to charge you more per server. Some people have got models that say, I'm going to charge you X dollars per network device, and you can actually get quite granular. Um, the problem with being quite granular is that things change a lot and you don't really want to know that, oh, this month it was this, but oh, the next month, oh, we actually move something from somewhere to somewhere and it's like $10 more or $20 less. Or, oh, it makes it hard to budget. Um, but when you're looking at 
total cost of IT, and this includes internet links, your telephony services, all your connectivity and all your support, um, it, it does add up. It, it may sound expensive initially, but when you actually look at what you're using now to do it properly, then that's pretty much what it comes down to. Brilliant, Scott. That's, that's awesome. I, I think that gives us a really good overview of, of the cost of IT. I, I think we've got, a, what a, got a, a really good feel for that and moving into managed services. Anything I've missed? Um, look, I, I have seen costs down as low as just over $100 a month overall, um, so about $125 a month. They have been for very simple environments where you're just, you've got some very basic requirements and it just needs to work. And this is, I guess, where you're just trying to find that balance. But the, the trick is, if you're spending too little, and this is something we always focus on, you're not helping yourself. You're really doing yourself uh, an injustice and you're really just helping your competitors. Cool. So if I want to take a takeaway message from that, it's um, uh, spend the right amount of money or you're going to end up doing your business some harm. Yes. But also don't spend too much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Spend the right amount. Don't spend too much. Talking of spending too much, let's talk about the wine for a second, Scott. Um, <laughs> give us a view. What kind of... I mean, it's a lovely wine. I've yes. been drinking it as we've been talking. What kind of price range are we talking about for this one? Uh, this wasn't that expensive, actually. I think it was around 30 to $40 a bottle. Um, this, this one actually came from the winery uh, up in the Hunter Valley, just opposite the, um, the, the Crown Plaza sort of hotel resort area there. The pepper trees just down the road and around the corner and through the trees and, uh, and so forth. But um, it's probably a little bit more expensive in a, in a restaurant, of course, but um, it's not too hard to find around here. All, all of the bottles we've been talking about generally have been sub sort of $50 mark, some quite a lot sub. Um, you can get a lot of good wine in Australia for not a lot of money. So. Awesome. Well, thank you, Scott, for the wind down once again. That's it's been a, a whole heap of fun. Um, if this is your first time at a wind down, do subscribe. If not, yeah, leave a comment below. Let us know some of the things you'd like to listen to and like to hear. Um, but that's all from us. I'd like to say thank you to Scott. Thank you, Nick. Cool. Thank um, you, everyone. I hope everybody has a fantastic day. Take care now. Bye-bye.